Now, this morning we want to continue our study on the attributes of God. And I invite you to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Psalm 89. Psalm 89. We're going to stick to this passage uh, pretty much of the morning. Uh, There will be uh, several other passages that you may want to jot down as we work our way through this. But uh, this is a psalm that extols uh, who God is, his faithfulness in great detail. And I want us to take a look at this and ask the Holy Spirit to open our minds and our hearts to God's truth. Will you please stand in honor of the Word of God? We're going to read those uh, first eight verses together, okay? I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Note again and again how many times the word faith, faithfulness, forever is mentioned in this passage. I would declare that your love stands firm forever, that you established your faithfulness in the heavens itself. You said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. And then notice that little word Selah. We're going to comment on that in just a moment. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness. There it is again, too, in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you God is a God who is absolutely faithful he is trustworthy he is reliable there is no one who can compare to the faithfulness of our great God and I trust that today you'll learn a little bit more about God's faithfulness and trust his faithfulness and rest in his faithfulness because God is in control he has everything in his orbit there's nothing outside the orbit of God God is a very present help in time of need let's pray Lord you are great you are greatly to be praised there is no one like you Uh, there is no one who even comes close in comparison you are our creator you are our redeemer you are the one who is our coming king And we acknowledge the fact that apart from your faithfulness, uh, we would be in big trouble. Uh, Thank you again, Lord, that we can humbly approach your throne this morning with gratitude and thanksgiving. Speak to our hearts, open our minds to your truth. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. God's faithfulness supersedes our human frailties. Let's be honest this morning. All of us are weak. We are frail. Uh, We have issues that we constantly are dealing with. And because of our weakness and because of our failings and our frailties, the one thing that we can count on is that Though that may be our situation, our God experiences none of that. He is a God who is absolutely faithful to the very core of his being. The late Dr. Richard Halverson, when he was the chaplain for the United States Senate, wrote some interesting insights about faith, the nature of faith. He said, for example, faith is not wishful thinking. It is not a blind leap into the dark. Faith is not believing what we cannot know. And Halverson goes on to say that faith by itself is absolutely... Faith value is God himself. God is faithful. Faith in faith is a big zero. Add zeros to zeros and we get nothing but zeros. Three zeros equal nothing. 
Six zeros equal nothing. Nines equal zeros equal nothing. But you put an integer or a number in front of those three zeros and nothing equals something. One plus three zeros equals a thousand. One plus six zeros equals a million. And we could go on and on this morning. You see, it is God that gives faith value. God is faithful. God is the one that makes faith make sense. And because our God is faithful, our faith is built upon a firm foundation. God's faithfulness is unlimited. His faithfulness enables us to overcome our fears and our failings. His faithfulness actually means that he cannot fail. Now, there's not one of us in this room that doesn't fail. All of us, from time to time, fail. We've experienced failure. We've experienced loss. But that's something that God never experiences. Our faith in an unfailing God is what makes the Christian life the best life to live. I don't know about you, but the Christian life is the best life to live because it is founded on the faithfulness of God and the sacrifice that he made at the cross for you and for me. I love that little chorus. We used to sing it as youngsters. He cannot fail, for he is God. He cannot fail, he's pledged his word. He cannot fail, he'll see you through. He cannot fail, he'll answer you. God is faithful. Faithful is God's nature. In being faithful, God is just being himself. And God cannot deny any part of who he is. All that God does and agrees with everything that he says. Being and doing are inseparable with God. And because he is faithful at the very core of his being, his faithfulness extends to every area and realm of life. A.W. Tozer, I've referenced this book before, in The Knowledge of the Holy, says this very succinctly. He says, quote, God being who he is cannot cease to be what he is, and being what he is, he cannot act out of character <coughs> excuse me, with himself. He is at once faithful and immutable, that is unchangeable, so all his words and acts must be and must remain faithful. And so this morning we want to focus on this incredible attribute of God, his faithfulness. One of the great hymns of the church, and we're going to sing it at the end of the service this morning, is Great is Thy Faithfulness. It was composed by a Methodist insurance salesman who penned these lines after he had been focusing on the passage in Lamentations chapter 3, 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Do you realize when you got up this morning, you and I have been candidates for evidences of God's faithfulness? We are experiencing faithfulness right now that we didn't experience yesterday. And tomorrow we're going to experience more and more of God's faithfulness. His faithfulness is new. Notice Every single morning, he goes on to say, great is your faithfulness. Also, James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, notice, who does not change like sifting shadows. And as Chisholm reflected on this incredible reality that God is faithful, he conceived God to be like the bright sun at noonday. There's never a shadow to cloud his complete and awesome faithfulness. Now, as we come to this particular passage this morning, the psalmist is focusing on the faithfulness of God. And over and over again, as we read this chapter, in fact, it would be good for us to just go through the chapter and, and highlight every time faithfulness, the word faithfulness and forever is used by the psalmist. 
He focuses upon God more than anything else. And by the way, where our focus is changes everything. When our focus is on ourselves, on our frailties, on our weaknesses, on our shortcomings, on our, our missteps, we will tend to get very discouraged. But when our focus is on the faithfulness of God, it changes everything. It changes our outlook. It changes our attitude. It changes our perspective on life. And the psalmist here is laser-focused on the faithfulness of God. He's no longer focused on himself. He's no longer feeling sorry for himself. He's no longer worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. His focus is on the living God. And three marvelous truths are set forth in this magnificent passage of Scripture. First of all, I want you to note that the faithfulness of God is indisputable. It is indisputable. Look at the first few verses. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever and that you established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You see, God's faithfulness is fact, not fiction. And how refreshing it is to realize that there is someone in our world who transcends the doubtings and disputations of our present culture. So much in our world today is disputable. It is up for grabs. Indeed, it's hard in our culture to sort out the facts from the forgeries. It's almost impossible to discern what is true and what is false. In fact, we live in a world in which the false and the true are so intermixed, we call it misinformation. We have a hard time figuring out what is true and what is false. But we have a God who absolutely is true and His faithfulness is indisputable. We live in a world that is frustrated with all of the falsehood and all of the the frustration that comes because we have taken our eyes off Jesus. The thing that brings clarity is when our focus is upon God and who he is. Now, why is God's faithfulness indisputable? Let me give you three reasons. Number one, God's faithfulness is eternal for God himself is eternal. You'll know or uh, four verses of this particular psalm, he uses the word forever. Notice verse 1, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. Again in verse 2, I will declare that your love stands firm forever. And then again in verse 4, I will establish your line forever. God's faithfulness is not transitory. It is eternal. It transcends our world of finiteness. And it is because of the eternalness of God's faithfulness that he remains faithful. Notice, even when we are unfaithful to him. This marvelous disclosure about God is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. Notice, for he cannot deny himself. This is an incredible truth about God. His faithfulness does not depend on our faithfulness. His faithfulness is a reality that we can lean to in every single day because he is God. Number two, his faithfulness extends to all generations. You see this in verse... One, I will make known your faithfulness through all generations. Again, verse 4, and make known, make your throne firm through all generations. You see, the faithfulness of God extends to every single person, young and old. All of us are beneficiaries of God's faithfulness. God has no favorites. His faithfulness knows no boundaries. God doesn't have any people that he shows more or less faithfulness to. His faithfulness extends across the generations. And we need to be speaking to our families about the faithfulness of God that we have experienced in our homes. 
The first Christian in the Screwbar family was my granny. She lived to be 107 years old. When she came to faith in Christ, it wasn't long before my father became a Christ follower. He married my mother. My mother led me to Jesus Christ. As I grew and developed, I married my wife Sandy. We had a daughter. Sandy was able to lead our daughter Stephanie to Jesus Christ. And Stephanie now has a number of children, and she has led her children to the Lord. For five generations now, the gospel torch has been passed from one generation to another. And we want to keep that going. We've got a couple of great-grandsons now. And we want to make sure that the gospel torch is passed to them as well. We need to talk about the faithfulness of God with our families. In fact, every family needs to have a historian. Someone that can recall the incredible acts of God's faithfulness where he saw us through issues and circumstances that we thought we could never get through. We need to share with our family how God has enabled us to climb mountains that we never thought we could ever climb. To survive when we were in those deep valleys and we, we saw no way out and God somehow pulled us through. The faithfulness of God needs to be shared as a family. Talk to your kids about the faithfulness of God. Every single one of you have stories. You have stories how God has, has met you in unusual ways and in unusual circumstances. Talk about it. Don't keep it to yourself. Talk to your family about the faithfulness, the goodness of God. The one truth about God that we must pass on to our families is that God is faithful. He is a covenant-keeping God. He says what he means. He means what he says. The promise God gave to the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9 is powerful. Notice, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. Here it is, underline it in chartreuse. He is the faithful God, keeping covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. You see, God's faithfulness is a legacy that lasts. Let our family in on what God is doing in our lives talk to them pull them aside when God does something very unique and special in your hearts and you as a family understand that apart from God you would be totally at a loss let the family know that it's because of God's faithfulness that he has seen you through the third reason God's faithfulness is indisputable is his faithfulness is exhibited in the heavens. You see this in verse 2. You establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. Again, go down to verse 5. Your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. You see, the faithfulness of God, all you have to do is look up in the heavens. The sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies are all screaming at us, God is faithful. Every sunset is followed with a sunrise. Every morning is new and fresh. God is alive. His faithfulness is exhibited in the heavens. And as the, the psalmist contemplates the faithfulness of God that's indisputable, notice he says at the end of verse 4, he can hardly contain himself, he says, Selah. Now, what in the world does that word mean? It's actually a musical term that perhaps indicates a pause in the chanting of the hymn while the instruments played. He gives us these four verses that are packed full, and he says, stop and think about it. Pause, reflect on God's faithfulness 
You see, so many of us, we are driving ourselves full speed all the time. We don't take time to pause and stop and reflect on God's faithfulness. You, you think back this past week. Has God demonstrated his faithfulness to you? Have you written it down? Have you passed it on to your family? Have you let them know that, that God did something for you this week that you couldn't do for yourself? I mean, this is the beauty of God's faithfulness. Stop and think about it. Don't rush through. Don't, don't take God's sightings lightly. You know, I, I'm convinced that God shows up many times, and we're not even aware of it because we're so focused on ourselves. But when God shows up, let me tell you, you need to sit up and take notice because he is revealing to us his incredible faithfulness it's eternal it extends to all generations and it's exhibited in the heavens God's faithfulness is indisputable number two God's faithfulness is incomparable his faithfulness is incomparable notice verse 6 for who in the skies can compare with the Lord who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings in the council of the holy ones God is greatly feared. Notice, I love this. He is more awesome. Title of our series is His Attributes, How Awesome. He is more awesome than all who surround Him. Now, it's very interesting that as we continue to, to read through this chapter in verses 3 and 4, these promises of God are directed to the posterity of David, namely that his kingdom would last forever and his seed would live forever and ever. And now in these verses, he is focusing on the majesty of God, the one who makes the promise. Now, don't let this get by you too quickly this morning. We must never forget that the value of a promise is measured by the person who makes the promise. <coughs> I'm going to say that one more time. The value of a promise is measured by the character of the person who makes the promise. Now today, we're bombarded with television and internet ads that make all kinds of promises to us about how this certain product can change our lives. Or a prescription drug can benefit us. And they make all these promises to us. This is a great product. This, oh, just change your life. And then they add all these disclaimers. Now, you may experience uh, a little bit of nausea. You might have a, a little bit of weakness. Uh, you may be drowsy. Uh, you may uh, start to itch. Uh, and if you can't see and if you can't, can't hear, you better call your doctor. I mean, every one of these promises, they are all conditional. And they, by the time you work through all those disclaimers, who'd want to take any of that medicine? I wouldn't want to take any of that stuff. But this has changed my life. Oh, it's changed my life. Oh, goodness. It's amazing. But let me tell you, when God makes a promise, there are no disclaimers. There are no conditions on the promises of God. His promises are yea and amen. His promises come to us from a God who is unequaled in power, authority, and is totally transcendent. And I want you to note here that when God makes these promises to David, the heavens... Praise his name. Look at verse 5. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. Even the angels take notice of what God promises to do in respect to the nation of Israel through David. And that God who made the promises to David is the same God who makes promises to us. Without any conditions. That's why this book must become your very best friend. We must be under the authority of this book. This is filled with promises 
that can transform our lives every single day. It is a book that you can depend upon because behind every promise that God makes stands the character of a faithful God. He is eternal. He is incomparable. Look at verses 11 and following. The heavens are yours. And yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon sing of your joy at your name. Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. God is faithful. He is declaring to his people that you cannot compare my faithfulness with anything in the human realm. There's nothing that comes close. You may be faithful at your job. You may be faithful in your calling. But let me tell you, it doesn't begin to compare to God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness is absolute. And it's demonstrated particularly toward those who trust in him and desire to serve him. Now, I want you to notice verses 15 and 16 and put a circle around the word blessed. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult in your righteousness. That is descriptive of who we are when we have been changed by the power of God. We are what? We are blessed. Can we say that together? We are blessed. Oh, praise Jesus. Oh, my. We are blessed. Man. Why, 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 why are we always looking at the cup half, half full? We are blessed people. We have trusted the living God. His faithfulness is being demonstrated day after day after day, week after week, year after year. There is no end to his faithfulness. And I just want to share with you five blessings that I've noted as I've studied the scriptures. You, you can add a whole bunch of, of uh, additional blessings, but these are five that God has impressed upon my heart. Number one, we have the blessing of perseverance or preservation in the middle of problems and difficulties. In 1 Peter 4.19, the apostle is encouraging this church that is scattered throughout the Roman Empire because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And he says to this church, so then those who suffer, notice, according to God's will, should commit themselves to their faithful creator, there it is, and do good. We are living in a time where I, I believe that it's unprecedented. I can't think of another time in, at least in my lifetime, where there has been so much confusion and so much uncertainty and so much that is up in the air that we don't know anything about. And let me tell you, in the midst of all of this, that we don't understand, we don't understand the news today. We don't understand what's happening in our country, in the world no less. There is so much that is going on that we have no concept of. But it has not escaped the notice of our faithful creator. He is still in charge. And he promises that those who do his will, he will preserve them through the problems and difficulties of life. And we are to what? To continue to do good. See, God wants us to march to the beat of a different drummer. And God's given to us this incredible promise that he will preserve us as we keep our eyes upon him. On one occasion, the great reformer Martin Luther was downcast and he was despairing. And his wife came into his study and said, Have you heard the news? God is dead. 
Luther urged his wife not to speak against God. And this was her response. If God is not dead, what right have you, his servant, to be so downcast and depressed? I mean, our God is alive. Do you believe he's alive? Goodness sakes. We need to act like he's alive. We need to get our things, ourselves right with God and with one another. We are serving a God who is alive. There's no reason to be down in the dumps all the time. There's no reason to, to, to feel sorry for ourselves. Our God is alive. Number two, another promise. He promises that our prayers will be answered. Prayers will be answered. Psalm 143 in verse 1. O Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. And here it is. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Lord, please intervene in my life. And sometimes God is strangely silent, isn't he? We pray and we plead with God, please show up. And there's silence. But we must never take the silence of God to mean that he is not at work. He is at work in the silence of life. God's never still. (laughs) He never gets tired. He never gets worn out. He's always on duty 24-7. And when our prayers seemingly land on deaf ears, God knows what's on our hearts, and he promises to answer us in his own way and in his own timing. He answers us in accordance with his absolute and perfect righteousness. Now, all of you have been seeing on the news about the Asbury Revival. There's been a tremendous outpouring of God's Spirit on college students. It's surprised, kind of interrupted the national media. They don't understand all this. Do you, th- you think that just happened by accident? Do you, think, do you think that just happened because a couple of people got together and all of a sudden everything began to break loose and God showed up? I don't know. Do you realize there has been a massive prayer movement of students for a long time praying and believing that God would show up and do something that's beyond anything any of us could ever imagine? There has been this movement all along. It's been kind of under the radar, but now we see it coming. And what's happening? What's producing this revival? Students are repenting, getting right with God. They're getting right with each other. And God is pouring out His Spirit upon them in incredible ways. It's going and going and going. You can't explain that any other way than that God is answering the prayers of His people. Could God do something like that here at East Bay? See, 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 I'm convinced that God wants to do something spectacular here at East Bay but it only happens as repentance and restoration and reconciliation when that takes place God shows up and God does what we can never do ourselves we try to figure out God and and God's way beyond figuring out (laughs) he is a God who is faithful to his word and to his promises Number three, power over temptation. Another blessing. It's a great verse in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Here it is, underline it in chartreuse. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, here it is, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God does not allow temptation to come into our lives so that we can fail, but so that we can succeed. Because when we're tempted, we have a God who is faithful, and he will make a way. We don't have to yield to that temptation. 
Now let's face it. Every single one of us are test, tempted every single day. Not a person here. As soon as you walk out these doors, you're going to be tempted. Temptation is not the sin. It's when we yield to the temptation. It's when we allow the temptation to get the best of us. But God who is faithful, who is resident within our lives, he enables us to overcome what otherwise would destroy us. I love what the late Billy Graham used to say. He said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can't stop them from building a nest in your hair. You don't have to yield to the temptation. You can, you, can, you can overcome. Aren't you glad you're an overcomer today? Oh my, that was weak. Are you glad you're an overcomer? We are overcomers. Overcome temptation. Why? Because we're strong. No. Because he is faithful. He is faithful. Number four. Another blessing. Protection from evil. In 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 3, he's speaking, Paul is speaking to a persecuted church. He's dealing with people that are evil and who are destroying the people of God. And what does he say to this church that is experiencing evil firsthand? 2 Thessalonians 3.3, here it is. But the Lord is what? Faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Now, doesn't take a rocket scientist for us to know that we are experiencing pure evil today. Now, it all used to be kind of under the surface, but now it's right in our face. It's in our faces. It's mirrored in the television programs, the social media posts, all the things that we see all around us. It is nothing but evil. All the political pundits and the bloggers, the stuff that is put on social media, the blogging today is evil. And how in the world we can fill our minds with all this stuff and not be under the authority of the book is beyond me. We are protected, the Bible says, I love this, we are protected from evil by our faithful God. Do you know we understand this? My, my, my. We forget so many times. You see, Satan is powerful, but he's not all-powerful. He always has to answer to the sovereign authority of the living God. Satan can go so far and no further because he always has to answer to the living God. And our faithful God, what does he do? He promises to protect us, to build a hedge around us from the evil that is all around. In the book of James, James says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. As Christ followers, let's not see how close we can get to the world without getting burned. Let's see how close we can live in relationship to Jesus Christ. And then number five, a final blessing, and there you could add a lot more, is pardon from sin. 1 John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, here it is, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, the forgiveness of God is rooted in his faithfulness. It is because God is faithful that he forgives. And he doesn't keep a record of wrongs. How many times we keep a record of wrongs? Oh, this person did that. Oh, my. I'm not going to talk to that person. You see, the person who got eyes in the carpet can't even look at them. But God forgives. And it's because of his faithfulness. 
His faithfulness is the reason why we can experience forgiveness and cleansing through and through. When we confess, God will forgive because of his great faithfulness. His faithfulness is incomparable. His preservation in the midst of problems is incomparable. His answers to prayer are incomparable. His power over temptation is incomparable. His protection from evil is incomparable. His pardon for sin is incomparable. How great is the name of our God. And then lastly, God's faithfulness is inexhaustible. And you see this beginning at verse 30 and following. Notice, especially verses 28 and 29. He's speaking here about the line of David. And he said, I will maintain my love to him that is to David forever, and my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. Now, you'll remember that this original covenant that God made is found in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 7. And it says that David's line of ancestry, actually from his line, the Messiah would come who would enter the world as a little baby, go to the cross, die on the cross, cover our sins with his precious blood, and today he's at the Father's own right hand making intercession for us, plus he's coming back. This promise, this covenant is made years in advance to David that his line would endure forever and ever. But the psalmist also reminds the people that if David or any of his descendants violated the commands and statutes of the Lord, they would be subject to God's judgment. Notice his punishment. Look at verses 30 and following. If his sons forsake my law, do not follow my statutes, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with the rod and their iniquity with flogging. But notice there's a semicolon. What's the next word? But. Man, am I thankful for that word. But I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my, what? Faithfulness. Here's the point. Number one. Human failings do not invalidate the faithfulness of God to his word and to his covenant. Even though David's descendants may disobey and would experience punishment, yet that promise that he made to David would never be revoked. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Once for all I have sworn to my holiness... I will not notice, I will not lie to David, verse 35. I will not. You see, God's faithfulness, unlike man's, is never in danger of wearing thin. Sometimes we're assigned a task, and we do it for a period of time, and then we just let it go. Can't get it done. That's not the way it is with God. His faithfulness endures forever and ever, and our failings do not invalidate the faithfulness of our great God. His faithfulness is inexhaustible. It is independent of our responsiveness or lack of responsiveness to his command. God is not faithful because we are faithful. He is faithful because he is God. He is a faithful God. He is a God who cannot lie. Notice again verse 34. 
35 and 36, I will not lie to David that his line will continue forever and his throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky. And notice that little word, Selah. He wants us to think and meditate upon this awesome faithfulness of God. And then number two, God's faithfulness is forever. Notice 36 and 37. His line will continue forever. His throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky. Do you remember uh, Y2K? Oh my. Everything was going to go haywire. Remember we watched the clock tick down? We thought all the computers are going to go offline, everything. Oh, we're going to get all messed up. We got through Y2K. Why did we get through Y2K? Because God is? Oh, there it is. See, God, God, God. We, we get ourselves all tied up in knots because we think it all depends upon us. It depends upon him, his faithfulness. 9-11. I was sitting in an office with my financial advisor. Couldn't believe what was happening. The peace that we had had as a country was totally interrupted. For the first time in years, our country actually came together. I'll never ever forget the congressmen, Democrats, Republicans, can you believe it? On the steps of the Capitol singing, God bless America. This was a horrendous, our lives have never been the same since 9-11. Do you understand this? But who was in charge? Who has brought us through this? Our faithful God. God. We just come through an, a COVID pandemic, something that's happened once every maybe five, six hundred years. Oh my! This tore up more churches than you can believe. God's people got all tied up in a snit over masks and. Not masks and, oh, how sad it was to see the people of God take matters into their own hands because they forgot about the faithfulness of God. But what did God do? He brought us through COVID because he is what? He is a faithful God. We've had this tragedy at MSU. Precious students. It's happening all across our country. But God is faithful in every one of these situations that seemingly are so beyond us, we don't even know how to respond. But we need to keep our eyes on our faithful God. And that's what makes life make sense. Because God's faithfulness is limitless, Limitless, we should have no fears about tomorrow or the unknowns. Somebody has put it this way, fear not tomorrow. God is already there. A mother and her little four-year-old daughter were preparing to retire for the evening. And the child was afraid of the dark. And the mother was all alone, the husband was gone, and she too was fearful as well. And when the light was turned off, the child caught a glimpse of the moon outside the window. Mother, she asked, is the moon God's light? Yes, said the mother, God's lights are always shining. The next question on the little girl's mind, will God blow out his lights 
and go to sleep. And then out of the simplicity of a little child's heart, the little girl responded to her own question that gave this fearful mother great assurance. She said, well, Mom, as long as God is awake, I will not be afraid. My friends, we live in a world where more than ever, we need to have a focus on the faithfulness of God. It will change our agendas. It will change our priorities. It will change everything when our focus is laser-like on the faithfulness of our God. Let's stand together for closing prayer. We're going to pray, and then we're going to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness, okay? Father in heaven, we do love you, we adore you, we praise you, we thank you. Your faithfulness is great. It is beyond anything we could ever imagine. You are God and there is no one else like you. Your faithfulness surrounds you. And we as your people are the beneficiaries every single day of your faithfulness. And we praise you. We love you, Lord. Help us this week to allow the faithfulness of God transform everything that we do. We'll praise you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, can we get started on great is thy faithfulness? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. O Lord, to me. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Your faithfulness is absolutely beyond anything we could ever imagine. And we praise you that we belong to you and we thank you for the many blessings that are ours because of your incredible faithfulness. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and that sweet, sweet communion with the Holy Spirit be with you now and evermore we pray. Amen. Good morning. And Maranatha, lo he comes. Have a great day.